You may never have heard the name Robert K. Merton, but he's lived, or he lived and passed away in the year of 2003, but Robert Merton was known as being one of the founders of modern sociology. And he coined such phrases as self-fulfilling prophecy and focus groups, unintended consequences and serendipity and the phrase role model to describe someone who provides an example of positive behavior. Though the term role model may be relatively new to our culture, the concept is as old as the Bible. The life of Job gives us that role model as, as one who, whose life was transformed by his encounter with the sovereign God and the hope of eternal resurrection. According to James, the New Testament writer, Job is a, is a role model for all of us. I want you to listen uh, briefly as, as we read his words. Brothers and sisters, follow the example of the, of the prophets who spoke for the Lord. They suffered many hard things, but they were patient. We say they are, happily, are, are happy because they did not give up. You've heard about Job's patience, and you know the Lord's purpose for him in the end. You know the Lord is full of mercy and is kind. If you've ever studied the book of Job, you readily see that all throughout his book, he wrestles with the question, the age-old question, why do righteous men suffer if God is a God of love and mercy? Job clearly teaches that God is sovereign, that we as his creation, we need to, to, to acknowledge as such. And despite the intense tribulation and the, and the uh, unanswered questions that Job had, he, he verbally affirmed his commitment to the Lord. I have found five different times. As we look at the first chapter, verses 20, through 22. Here we, we find that the devil is, is dealing and, and, and stirring up trouble for Job. Job, a man who was right in the sight of God, who was a righteous man, a wealthy man, who loved the Lord, who honored God, we find that now he lost all that he had. He lost his family, his children. That's a tough spot to be in. But Job got up when he heard the news. He got up and tore his robe and, and he shoved his head and shaved his head to show how sad he was over, over the circumstances. And then he fell to the ground, not in despair, and he fell to the ground to worship God. That is a righteous man. And he says, I was naked when I was born, and I'll be naked when I die. The Lord gave these things to me, and he has taken them away. 
Praise be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin or blame God. And then we turn to the second chapter, where Job affirms his commitment and his trust and his faith in the Lord. Again, the devil leashes out another attack, and this time on Job's health, where he developed boils from the bottom of his feet to the crown of his head, painful boils. But listen to what Mrs. Job has to say about that. She says, Job, are you still trusting God after all of this? Look, just curse God and die. Well, Job has a response and he rebukes her. And he says to, to her, I think giving her a, a Dr. Phil lecture. If you've ever watched Dr. Phil, you, you know how he can lecture. And he says to her, you are talking, talking like a foolish woman. Should we take or accept only the good things from God and not take or accept the trouble that comes in life? The word accept or take, the little word, it's very important here. Sometimes in life, we have to learn to accept things that happen in life, even if we wish them to be otherwise. Remember the old serenity prayer that, that begins, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. How true that is as we go through life. Sometimes we just have to accept things and trust God. And with Job say, well, praise the Lord anyway. That's tough to do. But we have to understand that Job trusted God. He kept his faith in God throughout the very end. And then we go to the 13th chapter of Job, and we, we find where Job's third affirmation of his commitment to the Lord uh, comes about. Now, if you read chapters 4 through 36, you read the account of Job having discussions with three of his Waffle House buddies. They would get together and drink coffee, and, and they would discuss these issues. And they suggested that his problems came about because of some unconfessed or unnamed sin in his life. But Job, he resisted that argument and he reaffirmed his faith and his trust in God, though he couldn't explain why his sufferings were coming about the way they did. But listen to this. He says, even if God kills me or, or slays me, I have hope in him. I will defend my ways to his face. In other words, the fear of death would not deter Job from, from saying not guilty. 
to the face of God. What a statement of, of conviction. It conveys a sense of, of utter trust that God will never do anything that will harm us. He only aims for our good, however it may appear at the time. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, in his Roman letter, reaffirms Job's message by writing these words, we know that in everything, God works for the good. He works for the good of those who love him. They are the people he called because that was his plan. So Job, again, he reaffirms his faith in the sovereignty of God. And then we go to the 19th chapter. And this is the, the chapter that, that really touches me. Verses 23 through 27. This is Job's fourth declaration of faith and trust. And this happens to be the Old Testament's great resurrection text. I want you to notice as I read this, the personal pronouns that Job is using in what he's saying. Now, he's not just bringing out a theological statement for us to, to read and to understand, but he's expressing his own personal conviction. Listen to this. I know that my Redeemer lives, and after my skin has been destroyed, in my flesh I will see God, I will see him myself. I will see him with my very own eyes, spiritual eyes. How my heart wants that to happen. There's no question that Job was convicted in his heart and in his relationship to the sovereign God. He says very openly, I know that my Redeemer lives. In spite of all that I've gone through, I know that he lives. And the truth for all time is this, that by the power of our almighty sovereign God, Jesus was raised from the tomb. And one day, you and I, his children, will be raised as well and will receive new bodies. So this passage in Job reveals the truths, several truths, of the redemption of the soul and the person of the Redeemer and the resurrection of the body and the second coming of Christ and the promise of everlasting life. Job has a lot to say to us today. But then we get to his final declaration in chapter 23, his declaration of faith and trust in God. And in effect, he is saying, 
my troubles will not last forever. And they're not without purpose. He knows my conduct. He knows the way I go. And when it's all over, I will come forth as gold. Each of us here this morning, each of us can relate to Job in some, in some ways. Maybe not to the extent that Job suffered. He suffered much. But we suffer to the degree that, that we know that, that, that God is, is there. But each of us has a story. Every one of us, we have a story this morning to tell. A story of, of trials and tribulations and troubles in our hearts and our lives and our families. We have a story of pain, whether it be physical or, or emotional. We have a story of brokenness, broken relationships, a broken heart. We can relate to Job. We also have a story of painful loss of a, of a, of a loved one. Yes, we all have a story. It's ironic that Andrew asked me to speak today, and he and I discussed this, and, and I guess this is God's way of intervening. But today is a, is a special day for me and my family. Uh, October the 30th, 2020, uh, Janet went into Fayette Community Hospital, Piedmont Hospital, to have a, what we call a routine triple stent procedure. Everything went well for an hour or so, and then we hear over the speaker, the code blue, and having no idea that it was in reference to her. She, uh, the doctor came out and said that uh, her body resisted the dye uh, the contrast that they put into her. They got one stent in, and after that, she flatlined. Well, within a couple of hours, they lifelined her to Piedmont downtown, where both doctors said that one, the doctor here and the doctor downtown said that, you know, her life, you know, would be hanging in balance for, uh, for several days, and it did. But, through going through rehab and two further surgeries last year, we have experienced in our life as a, as a couple and as a family, we, uh, we have experienced God's grace. We've, we, we have experienced his his mercy and, and uh, his compassion and, uh, and his love in a way that we, we never dreamed we would ever, ever experience. Even though we walked through the, for a few days, walked through the valley of the shadow of death, we feared no evil because we knew that the good shepherd, that he was walking with us 
every step of the way. And now she is doing okay. She's with us. Uh, been cantankerous as ever. And, uh, but uh, we're just grateful of God's love and his mercy. And we've come to realize that no matter, no matter how bad things may be, God is there. He's with us every step of the way. But we also have come to realize that no matter how good it is, the best is yet to come. God keeps his promise. He will never, never, never forsake us. In spite of what we're going through, he is there. And we as a family, we can testify to the fact and we can agree with Job in saying and reaffirming the fact that we know that our Redeemer lives. You see, the issue isn't so much about what we've gone through and what you go through. The issue has to do with, with the fact it's all about our Heavenly Father. It's all about our sovereign God who, who, who's in control and who's with us every step of the way. That's where the praise goes. It not only goes to the doctors who wait upon you, who treat you, and I have, in our meetings with the different heart doctors and so forth, I've, I've let it be known that we, you know, we, we trust their, their wisdom, and, and, but, but we let them know too that our Heavenly Father is the one who's in charge. He's the great physician. So the point I'm going to make is this. Regardless of what you may be going through this morning, yes, we can relate to Job to, to some degree, but we're all different. And our stories are different. Some may be more, more than others. But the point is this. Know this before you leave this building, that your Redeemer lives. And he's in control. And he cares and he loves. And he, he, he will direct each of you as well as he has us through each day of life. I want to ask this morning that as a body of believers, that we reaffirm our faith in, uh, in the Good Shepherd and, and, and in our Heavenly Father. By saying together in unison, I know that, that my Redeemer lives. Let's do that. I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. Amen and amen.